Welcome to the Life on Time Become Inspired podcast with Dr. Alistair Bailey, Jeremy Bielas and John Ford. So welcome to the fifth episode of the Life on Time Become Inspired podcast uh, with me, John Ford, Dr. Bear and Jeremy Bielas. Jez, you absolutely love being called Jeremy, so that's why I've called you uh, it's only, Jeremy again. I'm it's getting... only you, my mum, and my grandmother that call me Jeremy. <laughs> yep, that's why I'm going to keep calling it to you. <laughs> uh, so yeah, welcome, welcome everybody. Um, fifth week, we're currently, as we record this, I think we're starting week eight of lockdown. Some changes are coming our way, goal accounts. Uh been quite a challenging few weeks I think for a few of us um, and probably quite a lot of our listeners. Um, today we're going to be talking about PSHE so quite focused towards schools. Uh, some if you're, if you're not at school you probably wouldn't, might not know what that is but it's uh, what does it sound oh, like? I, know, I was just thinking he's going to ask about question. <laughs> <laughs> Personal and social health education I think that's right. Yes that is that is yeah so it's, it's generally the subject that is aimed at looking after children's well-being um, and personal development at school. Uh, that type of topic, I believe, is very apt for this current time because I think, personally, uh, it's something that kids really need to be helped with and that needs to be carrying on during the lockdown. Um, emotional intelligence, being able to cope with emotions and stress, I think, is is vital. Uh, so yeah, so we're going to talk about that tonight. Um, we are we've got a guest on later, uh, Jane Wright from Flourishing Schools. Uh, she's a, a PSHE consultant, so helps a lot of schools out there uh, with their programs. Um, but first off, we're just really going to talk about PSHE and really how. I mean, Jez is here. Jez is currently teaching distance learning, full schedule. Uh, he currently does PSHE with um with his year group um sort of half an hour a week i believe isn't it just actually, actually hour, officially uh normally but you know not with this situation at the moment we'll talk about that in a minute normally it's an hour it's uh, we have our school timetables an hour a week which potentially is more than the norm although i don't want to speak for the school my school is a secondary independent school my school and the nature of my school does take um pshe pretty seriously um uh, and we're lucky we've got a fantastic head of PSHE. And just like you were saying, John, I was going to ask you both, actually, can you remember having PSHE when you were at school as a kid? Or it might be called something slightly different, but can you remember it at all? It's no, difficult, isn't it? No, don't think that, it, that's the yeah. thing. I don't, I don't think it, it was done. It might be called no. tutor time. Um, and we definitely didn't do it. Or you just definitely can't remember it because you weren't listening. Oh, he's very present. <laughs> Thank <laughs> you very much, Jeremy. <laughs> Not right. You turned... Fourth, at least fifty percent of the time at school. Yeah, you turned out well, but I think I think the thing with PSHE, and I don't want to speak for the teachers that are listening, it all the students. It's a tough gig all round because it's the sort of thing as a teacher that's not on the top of your list of priorities. Because you know, I'm a PE specialist. You, you're there to, primarily to teach your subject and be passionate about your subject. And then if you're a tutor, I'm a tutor of Year Eight. You're then told one week you've got to talk about sex education or the next week's about mindfulness or sleep or, or you know a lot of the good stuff that we're really into that we talk about but it's hard to get teachers and also kids necessarily really enthusiastic about that stuff because often the priority lies elsewhere but 
I think there has been a massive shift, and especially in lockdown, it's something I wrote about in the blogs, where I've definitely noticed a shift from my school, from my senior management team. Yes, we still need to get outcomes and teach students in the specific subject areas and they've got to do the work. But actually the key right now, and I think we're realising it more and more as we get deeper into this lockdown, uh, you know, are, how are you? Are you okay? How are you coping? And the kids that are coping generally are those that have learned these softer skills that can be taught through PSHE, like resilience, you know, like mindfulness that we've talked about, those that are sleeping properly, those that schedule their days. They're the ones that are coping better in this very, very weird situation. And that's where PSHE is so important because it teaches kids, it teaches them those softer skills that, that can actually prepare them better for the, the world out there. And we're living in a, a real deep, dark yeah. world at the moment, aren't we? We're in a hole. We're all in a hole. And it's, you know, and those that have those skills are able to cope with it. And those that don't have those skills find it really difficult. Yeah, and I, and I think what's interesting as well is that I think with schools, what, you know, with your school now, the teaching that you're doing, are they getting any PSHE through distance learning or is everything focused to the main core academics? Actually, in, in some ways, I think PSHE has increased. I think, you know, we're, we're not calling it necessarily PSHE, but in a partial sense, we are checking in with students more. We're still delivering PSHE. So um, the way my school does it, there is a, there is a virtual classroom that delivers PSHE. Um, and again, mass. Um, there was a lot of work recently linked to VE Day, which was all about um, British cultural cultural values and and all the stuff that happened last week. That was that was really interesting looking at the work that my chief group were doing there. Um, but actually, we're checking in with them nearly every day, and that check in is is always linked to PSHE and is always linked to. The work they're doing away from the subject that's, that's amazing i mean that is amazing i mean you obviously are off your your private school so it's a bit different to obviously a uh a state and, and i think also um, quickly, yeah. and I, you know we're not here to talk about individual schools but the school on that specifically uh really holds that at one of the is that is a real priority well-being wellness of the whole well definitely for the student is very much right up there as a selling point for the school so that's something that they really pride themselves on and um, I think they, as a school, we we do that very well. So it, it it might not be the norm, but you know, I've got a seven eight year old son, and now I've seen there's been a bit of a shift in the last couple of weeks away from the academic side and a bit more towards checking in with them to see how they're coping. But no, no one knew yeah. how long this was going to go on for. You know, at the start of this, we thought how long is it going to be? Four weeks, five weeks, six weeks. Now we're in it's week eight now, isn't it? So we're two months in. And after the announcement yesterday, potentially another two months to go or, or more. Who knows? All that. Yeah, yeah. And, and then you've got school holidays and then you still probably won't be able, you potentially might not be able to go on holiday. So, yeah, I, I genuinely think that the it's great that your school's doing it. But I think for, for me, I mean, cutting over to you, Bear, Dr. Bear, sorry. Um, what's What do you see as a psych, from a psychologist's point of view, the importance of it? I mean, obviously, do you echo echo what Jez says and you know how 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 can that sort of having that type of skill set so early on help you develop further on in your life I think it's I mean it's I think it's an enormous asset to um schools and the children that get the opportunity to kind of develop emotionally through uh I suppose supportive conversations through nurturing conversations through sort of um accepting conversations 
more than anything else that it's all right not to be all right. You know, it's a bit of a cliche to say, but um, certainly remember being at school and the idea of expressing kind of what might be viewed as, you know, quote unquote, um, like negative emotions, sort of certainly socially was kind of really frowned upon and, you know, by teachers as well. So I think to be able to be able to explore it and to have uh, an anchor in your teacher or tutor or whoever it might be as someone that is invested in your emotional well-being, especially for those kids that probably aren't getting it elsewhere, I think is just incredibly important, really. Um, yeah. I think we probably had it in different formats, you know, when we were at school or our parents at school, but the fact that it's so formalised and made part of an agenda, you know, feels a really significant shift. Yeah, I mean, we're going to talk to Jane about it later because I'm not an expert uh, within the school structure, and I don't, but I don't know whether schools have an idea on this. And I'm on some Facebook groups within teachers, and I can see lots of teachers posting what are people doing for PSHE, uh, for the kids, you know, what is there any uh, resources out there to help? So I think it is a bit of an open topic. Uh, and I don't know whether there's a, any, and nobody knows, it's, a, it's a, everybody's learning, aren't we, as we go. And I guess uh, schools and teachers um, are all learning as we go as well with this. I just think it's extremely important that um, homeschooling includes um, some emotional uh, intelligence work. Um, and I think hopefully uh, we're going to speak to Jane later who focuses on on these type of topics. She might be able to hopefully give some of the schools and some of the teachers listening some um some tips but also uh give them maybe some resources because i think there are a lot of resources out there uh, that can help i mean this podcast uh, and our resource hub that we've got i'm hoping is helping teachers but i think the key thing is obviously is trying to get that help to the students and the you know the the, the young people that need the help so um yeah i mean jez have you got anything you could offer in your last i know you've only been doing home uh, distance learning now with your kids for your class for maybe or your whole school for uh, for three weeks two three weeks is there anything that you you can say that's worked is there anything that hasn't worked well as a tutor the uh, we haven't talked about this much but as well as the become inspired blogs and podcasts we're obviously doing now there's we've got this fantastic um goal setting platform which links to all the resources as well and my tutor group are trialing that they've been using it since before lockdown, probably two or three weeks before lockdown. But I actually, they've we've done a survey. Um, we started it last week. They all said a hundred, all of them. There's twelve of them in the group. So again, some people might scoff and say, "You've only got twelve in your tube." We're very lucky. Twelve year eight. Every single one of them said, without a shadow of a doubt, they found it super positive having somewhere to log and track their goals. Also, for us as their tutors, especially from a distance, it's really useful to be able to see them setting goals setting actions and achieving those goals for example and obviously i won't use any names but there's a student in my group that set some fantastic goals um one of them was um just walking every day with her family but she put a specific distance in i think she said two kilometer walk with her family make sure she does it every day and she's done that every day since lockdown and she just said that having that has just been so useful for her whether it's sunny outside or raining she goes out and has time away from the screen. And she said for her, that just gives her that bit of 
that break from it. Uh, routine as well, yeah. Yeah, routine, but also just she said if she didn't put that down you know, in that pla- into that platform, into the into the, the Life on Time platform, that she wouldn't have done that. Um, but she has some great ones on there. She said it's really helped with her, with her music practice. She plays a musical instrument. And the goals she set have been really smart goals. So that's been really good for me because every week we've had one-to-one chats. I've had one-to-one chats with those students. And those that are setting goals, it just gives me a real good base to have dialogue with them because you know, if I say to them, how are you getting on at home? And they just say, yeah, fine, which they often say anyway, just to say they want to cut the conversation short. I can then say, well, I've seen you set this goal to go walking or running or practice your violin or um, you know, be kind to your brother or do more yoga, whatever, whatever it is. Yeah. And it just, it's a really good conversation start. And we get into those goals and we find out how they're getting on with them. And yeah, they've all found it super, super positive. Um, so again, if anyone's listening and, and, you know, do get in touch with any of us because that's something that, that has really helped those students. Uh, yeah, I mean, to, be, to be honest with you, yeah, I mean, the, the, this wasn't, this isn't a, this isn't an advert currently. Um, it might well be soon, but uh, the life on time, just so the listeners are aware, teachers that are listening, um, the platform is currently live in testing. Uh, it's obviously while while we're in lockdown, there's not a lot obviously going on currently with that testing. We've got it in Jez's school, um, and the plan is for that to go live in September. I have got thoughts maybe that we could maybe get some other schools testing it out uh, for free if they're happy to do if they are doing distance learning, and we'll be exploring that later. But do contact us if if, if you know your school might be up for doing that. Um, John I think the key with that is the one-to-one the one-to-one with students is really important and that's difficult for schools with big numbers but they they really value that time I think those students working through those areas and talking about those things that's that's something that's been reproductive yeah and I suppose uh, for that's the whole point of the life on time platform is that it is actually administers administered at the beginning in a classroom so there has to be some one-on-one initially and that's why we don't necessarily think it's right to launch it right now with um with distance learning but however i think there still are benefits that maybe some schools can have um is there anything um bear you've got to add on that you know the the... i was just going to go back to what you're saying earlier john about there being lots of information out there i think that's probably half the problem is that we're you know with the internet available we're flooded with information uh, you know, I wouldn't know off the top of my head, but a huge percentage of it is probably nonsense. Yeah. And finding good quality resources and reputable sources of information for, for kind of most domains is actually really difficult if you have some sort of um, people that you trust, platforms that you trust, that can give you, you know, these kind of resources that are high quality based on sort of evidence or at least experience. Um, that's what I think people need but essentially I imagine lots of teachers are out there just sort of googling stuff yeah they trying are to, trying, I, I, to, I, I, trying to find ways of sort of filling this space that they haven't necessarily been equipped to teach yeah. because when did they get taught it yeah I mean there is there is um, there are definitely decent resources out there and I think Jane and I will discuss it later um, but yeah there is a lot of there's a lot of crap as well uh, excuse my French but yeah there's a there's a lot of um, fluff should we say that isn't specific enough um which hopefully we might be able to fill the void so um with that guys um i think uh, jane is on the line and yeah we'll hopefully get some answers from jane some specific resources that can help you guys so cheers guys and uh, we'll speak to you next week cheers all. see ya 
And yes, we have Jane Wright here from Flourishing Schools. Um, thanks for coming on. Hope we've been chatting with the guys earlier, um, talking about PSHE and its current importance. Uh, obviously, it was important before, but moving forward um, with the current crisis, I think it's even more important that we're that kids are able to be able to focus on these key skills. Um, and yeah, we're hoping you can help uh, give our listeners <laughs> <so>. some insight. <laughs> Give us some insight um, into what what schools can be doing now around the subject. So, first off, it'd be really good if you could just introduce, you know, what you do and your company. Sure. Yes. Yeah. So, I'm Jane Wright. I'm the founder of uh, Flourishing Schools. Uh, so, this is an organisation that works to support the well-being of staff and pupils in all sorts of educational settings. It's been around now for about five years. Um, prior to that, I was a teacher in schools and a local authority advisor. I worked on the Healthy Schools Programme all way back in 2000 in Hertfordshire and set that up. And then I went on to work in Bucks and Thurrock and Luton, um, doing healthy schools and PSHE advisory work and citizenship advisory work. I then became um, a regional advisor for PSHE and I was an elected member of the PSHE Association Advisory Council for a while as well uh, and did some work for them um, and yeah so really steeped in PSHE healthy schools prevention education preventative education health education uh, so I do a lot of that now supporting schools I'm also an award verifier so I work for the Wellbeing Schools Award for Optimus I work for the Alcohol Education Trust doing talks for parents and for pupils and uh, for young citizens. I do the SMSC quality mark and help to help schools to formulate uh, and look at their SMSC provision. So a whole broad range of uh, verifications and training and support for schools in the whole area of well-being PSHE RSHE whatever you like to call it now yeah um, it sounds it sounds sounds pretty impressive yeah, which is why I wanted you on the podcast <laughs> <laughs> thank you yeah so I, I sort of had lots of different roles in other organizations that again PSHE related sort of working for PFEG and creative education and an organization called later who were sort of a media resource that um sort of like EastEnders for young people. I've been a consultant editor for Hodder and I've worked for a range of local authorities. So I've really been very steeped in PSHE, but always using my background in teaching. I've worked in all phases. Uh, I started life in a London school as a, an English and psychology teacher and then became a PSHE teacher and, and then fell in love with the subject and really wanted to, to do more to support our and, and level, I suppose, the social inequalities that exist. So PSHE is, you know, cut me in on PSHE all the way through. <laughs> yeah, sounds sounds like it sounds like you uh, you've definitely got this subject covered um, <laughs> from quite a few aspects. Um, I mean, we've spoken previously about PSHE and we've been speaking earlier. And obviously there's a difference in obviously it's going to be statutory. I mean, a lot of schools obviously already have it. Uh, as a main a main theme within their curriculum the what we're now seeing obviously though is that there is a and what you've said before is that there is a real split between the different schools some schools don't really have enough time in there or don't have it in their curriculum or have very limited time for it and some schools really focus on it um what's your thoughts on it i mean do you think 
the new guidelines and do you think are going to help and do you think you know schools are going to have enough time or give or going to give this subject enough time I'm a real optimist. I'm a real optimist and I, I, I so welcome the government decision uh, to make PSHE or RSHE, as we should call it now, I suppose, a statutory subject in schools. I really welcome that. I've campaigned. I've written to my local MP. Uh, I've, I've done everything, you know, to, to make it a statutory subject in schools that we're now... We're now there. Uh, September, we will be launching a statutory curriculum. And I think, you know, schools won't be able to ignore it anymore. I mean, I've worked with so many schools who absolutely put well-being, PSHE, SMSC, spiritual, moral, social and cultural education at the very core and heart of what they do. And in those schools, we see PSHE come to life for children and young people. And we see passionate, dedicated staff with passionate leaders. We see well-resourced departments. We have appropriate and, and uh, you know, long enough curriculum time to unpack issues uh, with, and protected time for PSHCE. We have well-resourced departments. We have proper budgets. We have proper policies in place on sex and relationships and education and sex education and drug and alcohol and tobacco policies and anti-bullying policies. We, we have all of this and we have schools who just recognise that if we don't get this right, then we are we're doing an injustice. We're not really helping our children and young people to be the fully rounded characters that we want them to be. And I, it makes me very sad when I visit schools where they can't see that. I'm few and far between, I hasten to add, but it, it, um, it still saddens me when I see mainly secondary schools that, that don't give any time on their timetable for PSHE. Or the, well, that's what I was yeah. going to It does seem to be the, the secondary schools, I think, that you yes, noted. Yes, uh, sadly, uh, but there are still some primary it. schools who are, you know, run... I don't know, circle times or still using SEAL resources only and are not providing a health education and certainly not covering what I see as puberty and sex education with their children either. So, uh, and they tend to be more reactive looking at uh, crises or events that happen that are causing a problem and, and seem to think that PSHE is there just to kind of pick up on on issues, social issues. Um, so, you know, with primaries too are sometimes not doing what they need to be doing and, and what they owe their children, really. It's a responsibility. It's a massive responsibility. But I'm pleased to say that more and more this year and, and last, and whether that's because RSHE is sort of on the horizon as a statutory subject, I, I couldn't say, but are so much more uh, considerate of the subject and so much more uh, you know, trying to get it right, looking looking for pupils. So people who are, ad, you know, experiencing adverse childhood experiences, pupils who are, often have uh, a poorer life expectancy because of their background or they're in poverty or they um, have vulnerabilities in their life. And PSHE can contribute so much to reducing those health inequalities. And, and that's what gets me up in the morning. That's what I'm passionate about. But I get very upset when I go to schools where, um, there are 
just drop down days or they think that you know if I talk about drug education and I give somebody a good talk um in an assembly that's enough and and yet we know that <laughs> you only ever actually remember about 10 percent of what you're told <laughs> so you know they're not yeah so it's got to be more physical exactly. and more regular it's got to be more got to allow opportunities for young people to undertake discussion around those tasks to just you know decide on their own attitudes and values to them and unpick the issues and develop the skills they needed and i think sometimes there's been a poor history of delivery where staff have felt underconfident uh, and pupils are perhaps not very motivated by the subject and therefore uh, if the school has a very academic focus it might overrule everything to do with PSHE and that's where you sometimes don't find it even on the timetable. Uh, I think we're moving beyond that though I think we're moving to a point where schools recognise that it really should happen it should happen in a planned spiral curriculum type way um, but it, it is a, a legacy of the subject that we we need to do so much more about. It's funny because we were talking uh we were talking earlier and i'm in my we're all in our late 30s um and we can't remember the subject so what's the history behind pshe when i mean i don't you obviously won't know the exact date but obviously it's becoming it's become more and it was maybe dealt with in a different way back back sort of 25 years ago um but yeah what's when when did it start? What's the sort of the history behind it? Well, that, even when I was at school back in <laughs> a long, long time ago, fortunately <laughs> you can't see my face. I'm very young. <laughs> it's the, but back in the, it's the day, beauty of a podcast. <laughs> it was called general studies, and uh, you know it, it was uh, okay. just up to schools really what they did. It was really the Healthy Schools Programme, which was back in the uh, late 90s, 1990s, where uh, PSHE was uh, part of the Healthy Schools Programme. And there was a recognition that uh, PSHE, alongside emotional health and well-being, physical activity and healthy eating, and they were the, like, the four, four core themes, as well as a whole school approach and the policy side. Uh, and it was back in at that point, really, that PSHE took more of a sort of I kind of more sort of recognised as a subject. And then we had the formation of the PSHE Association, uh, of which I was on the uh, advisory council for a while in their earlier days. Um, and there was a recognition by ministers that we needed to have a subject association and, and you know, give it a name. But it was very difficult to name because, of course, it covers so many different aspects. Well, it's such a wide yes. area. I mean, yeah, this, yeah this, this, is, this is the challenge. I mean, for us at Life on Time, obviously, we're, we're covering quite a few principles which are within uh, the PSHE framework. Yes, yeah, very exciting. But it's such too. a wide... Yeah, it's very wide. It's a very, very wide topic. So I just I feel like it's a real challenge for schools to be able to, you know, you could almost do a full curriculum for a week, you know, maybe could even take two days if you wanted to teach everything in a really, really thorough way. Would you agree with oh, that? I think or am I? three or four months or if not the whole year really yeah. i mean you know you can go everything from from careers to uh political education to media literacy through to your you know your more traditionally thought of subjects your sex education puberty education consent you know all those uh, grittier issues around pornography um domestic violence uh, fgm you know oh, there's so many subjects and topics and issues that you know, in the course, you know, all the way through to post 16 as well and beyond, uh, you know, we could we could cover, we could spend so much time. And of course, 
you know, PSHE is a part of, an, you know, geography, history, maths. You know, it, it's very important that it is cross-curricular as well. But, um, I, you know, yeah. I do worry these schools that map their cross-curricular provision. Actually, we just need to get on delivering a planned proper programme that is enhanced by the other subjects. But if you're doing sex education in science, you're not looking at consent, for instance. You know, it's just making sure that, you know, what, what we deliver is, is for the child or the young person is what they need. Um, and uh, and yeah. it's targeted at them, really. So I, I do I do have concerns with schools that, that think that just an off timetable drop down day will be sufficient <laughs> because it won't. Yeah, so why, why is it? Yeah, so why is PSHE sometimes not given enough time, you know, in, in, in a school? I mean, you've obviously got background in teaching. Uh, Jersey, who's on our, on our podcast, who's a, he's actually at a private school. So he's fairly fortunate. He's got a lot less kids. Um, so he gets the time to spend with, with each child doing this sort of thing. But what, what do you think out there? What is the main reason? Well, I don't even think it's the size of the class. I mean, I've, I've, been, I've worked in both state and independent schools. I've had large classes of 30 and, and small classes of you know, 10 to 12 um, to deliver PSHE education to. Um, it, it's more the, 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 the leadership of the school, the head, and whether they see the value in well-being and preventative education, really, uh, and I, as I again, I, I think comes back to this academic focus and and not perhaps seeing the links that actually uh, there was some research done by the University of Hertfordshire a few years ago, where they they found that if you looked at the social and emotional well-being of children, and young people, and actually prioritised that with a curriculum, um, that actually you gained you gained academic results in literacy and numeracy too. So Yeah, well I found I, I, I found the same thing. Um and yeah, you know, there's studies out there saying it's a it's a bilateral yes. connection. So you can't have one without or you can't have one without the exactly. other. So you 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 hundred percent need um you need a child to be well and mentally well to be able to Well learn, we all know say. Maslow in um, his hierarchy of needs and and actually, you know, if we have pupils who who for whatever reason, and, and we all go in and out of vulnerability through our lives, it may be a loss, bereavement, separation, divorce, whatever, you know, it can it can mean that you're going to be emotionally struggling. And if you don't have the self-soothing skills or if you're not part of a curriculum that builds your resilience, um, you're going to struggle to learn anything. And it doesn't matter how many somersaults uh, in that literacy lesson in year four or in a you know GCSE listening in year 11 you know if you if you are um, suffering uh, emotionally you can't access the learning you can't you can't self-actualize um, so you yeah. know teachers can do whatever some sorts they like if if the emotional uh, literacy of the pupil is such that they lack resilience they lack self-esteem um, you're going to struggle to teach them anything. So PSH is hugely important. And of course, <laughs> we are all in lockdown and, you know, that, that uh, brings its own. Yeah. I mean, that, that, that leads us on to, I mean, it's, you know, obviously you've got to have a, by the sounds of it, you know, the curriculum's there, there, there should be time in people's, uh, in the school's timetables to fit this in. And, you know, what you're, what you're saying is the majority of schools are doing it, which is great. I think the key thing that we wanted to try and cover uh, today really was PSHE. I mean, I've got I've got kids that are doing home. They're they're being homeschooled. They're getting stuff back uh, from the teachers. 
there isn't a lot of PSHE coming through. Um, and it's just, I just feel like actually in this current climate, they need that part of the curriculum more than the academic side of things. So it's just really asking you, you know, do you think schools should be offering PSHE via this learning? Um, and do you know how, I mean, it's a challenge, isn't it? I mean, it's hard enough giving, sending, I'm guess, guessing, sending home the, the work to do academic wise, but to try and get PSHE through at the same time is obviously more is maybe even more challenging so just you know what, what's your thoughts on well, that well again it's you know some schools are doing a fabulous job i, I have friends i've spoken to <laughs> you know my usual weekly updates with my friends and, and they say that um mindfulness exercises are being sent home for their children and that they've been doing them with their kids which are oh, one that's brilliant you know it's fantastic um you know my my daughter's doing her a levels so we're not seeing anything like that sent through sadly uh my son very limited pshe being being sent through from his school so disappointing you know <laughs> um a missed opportunity in many senses especially as some of the some of the big organizations out there and and, and smaller charities have been very generous um, and have opened their doors and said, look, you know, we've got resources. They, they might need some adaption for your how you deliver your home learning. Um, the PSHE Association, for example, have got um, materials. They've offered advice. Uh, for, you know, they've issued uh, adapting lessons for home learning guidance. So given some PSHE leaders, some real tips and pointers of what to consider and, you know, what would or wouldn't be appropriate. I mean, the last thing we need is primary school children um, I don't know, doing some Google searches around sex education. So, you know, we've, we've got to be careful what we say in time. We've got to, yeah. uh, we've, we've got to think about things. But PSHE Association provided some uh, resources for use at home. Uh, people like Young Citizens, you can email them and they'll send you some SMSC, citizenshipy, British values type materials. The Alcohol Education Trust, for instance, a whole load of units on alcohol education and to a certain extent they sort of apply with drug education too things that could be adapted for home use not everything but you know some of it so there are there are plenty of materials and i know that teachers are incredibly uh, resourceful and creative and uh, they will have schemes of work and no doubt they would have thought how okay so i was going to deliver this as a class like this how can i how can i do it through a home learning activity uh, so I think there are plenty of ways. Uh, there's been some time capsule COVID-19 resources that have been doing the rounds and circulating on various groups that have some lovely ideas for young people to journal their entries on how they feel at the moment, to actually kind of reflect on on a moment in history, really, and, and how how they're coping yeah. with it and what they're, what they're doing to pass the time during all of this. So. So I think that, you know, there are teachers are a fantastic, very creative bunch who have absolutely changed completely the whole way they work overnight. <laughs> it's just incredible. Yeah, I mean, it, I think that's the thing. I mean, it's the, just home, getting work home and get, I mean, getting our kids to do to do stuff at home is a challenge on its, on, yes. on its own. I think the... the You've got to prioritise, and I think this is where where we where where I'm at is that you've got to prioritise on what's the most important thing right now. And I think the most important thing, to be honest with you, is the well being of my of, of children. And I think it? most I parents if, see that. I mean, yeah. I I do a bit yeah. of tutoring as well on on the side of all of this, um, flourishing futures, and 
Um, I have some tutees who have whose parents have maintained, if you like, as you might say, a goal setting routine all throughout the, uh, you know, the, the kids are at school, they wake up at nine and they do their schooling. And then, you know, they've got their time downtime at three thirty, four o'clock when they've kind of finished for the day uh, and, and have very much, you know, baked with their children, done artwork with their children and are very much um, valued that time. But that's not everybody. You know, some some children are. we mustn't forget are going to be highly traumatized being locked up with parents who are quite frankly not up to the job you know that may be physically abusing sexually abusing um or, or hurting the children physically hurting them and or they may have witnessed and seen shouting and violence in the house uh so children there are some children and i'm afraid it's higher than we ever want to think about will be coming back to schools when we are reopen you know we're in this point now where it's just been announced that schools will go back year one reception and year six first for primary so you know we're going to see kids coming back who are highly traumatized by this whole lockdown time uh living with this abuse and and we've got to redouble our efforts to make sure that when they come back it's just not business as usual it can't be business as usual now at home and i think you're right parents i guess there's not a lot i guess for those type of children i mean that's quite you know it's, it's quite scary what uh, what you're saying obviously you're, you, you're in more in the know on these type of things but obviously if there's kids out there suffering like that um pshe it's, what, what is there there's not a lot of teacher can do i guess <laughs> to be able to help in that scenario um, well, i think you've got to provide an environment which I would is a whole other subject help and support a child obviously you you know there will be a number of referrals that will go on and social workers will be involved when schools go back and and the, and the true extent of this is revealed um we've had a lot in the news about domestic violence but pupils are too young to have a voice to her to make that voice heard but we we are seeing increased calls to childline and the nspcc are very concerned about all this so yeah that is the, the extreme end of the spectrum and you know most most kids and parents are just battling with the you know how do i crack on with doing my everyday job that i'm paid for uh, at the same time as overseeing you know the kids asking me questions about i don't understand what to do with this task so i mean you've got all ends of the spectrum we've got some children yeah, yeah. i mean this is the thing i mean we, yeah you, I, th- I think the key thing is obviously that the pshe is is looked at and i think that's what obviously you, you know you agree with and that's what we're what we'd like to try and help with and there will be some helpful tips and advice on our website after with links to um what jane has been mentioning um i mean when from what you've just said i think the key the key stage actually with this is maybe not now i mean it's important now is actually how important will pshe be when schools return um and what can teachers do now to get prepared for it i guess because obviously they're not not only have teachers and schools got to get ready for the new guidelines they're going to be coming back to a whole new world where like you just said there there's going to be a a varying continuum of kids that in their well-being states you know some are going to have, have probably quite enjoyed it and some are going to obviously had a really tough time so schools have, again i think got 
really have got to focus on this subject and give it quite a lot of time on when they come back. I really um, do think we, is, we've, is it, yeah. we've got to. Uh, we, can't, we can't just go back and be business as usual, just like we can't expect parents to be able to homeschool in the best possible way every day because they've got to do jobs. We can't also equally expect schools to just carry on delivering their usual maths and literacy and whatever at primary or their, their usual subjects at secondary we're going to have to give time to to bond classes back together again, to establish new ways of being together. You know, we've got social distancing, we've got hand washing routines, we've got, um, you know, staying away from each other. And yet we also want to rebuild trust in the room. We've got those coming back who sadly have suffered loss and bereavement or, you know, trauma from perhaps their experiences at home or from actually the death of relatives to COVID-19. We've got bereavement issues to talk about. We need to give children and young people the time to talk about and process everything that's happening and happened and also to deal with their anxieties being back in a, a situation where they feel at risk and in danger. You know, they hear on the news, they see their parents. You know, you, you can't shield children from the fact that this is a, a nasty virus that kills people and kills lots of people and, and we are sending them back in. I mean, it's hugely fraught at the moment uh, and I know there will be a lot of anxiety amongst our, our teachers having to go back into this situation. Um, but we need to look more to our creative subjects and to our PSHE. We need to give them more art opportunities, music, uh, fitness, well-being, goal setting, mindfulness, meditations. We need to, we need to... Definitely, definitely. I mean, I'm, 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 I'm all, I'm completely in agreement with that because I, I, I just can't see until, until you get the class, as you said, get but trusting. You know, my two kids being able to be, you know, spending two meters <laughs> apart from everybody. Uh, they, I know they, they struggle with it to get to get everybody back into a routine where they're trusting each other and they're emotionally well. well I mean. Um, until you do that, there's, what's the point you, in trying to you know, got, push them to, to an exam or push them into something I mean, you, that is First of all, you've got to get back in a routine. Mandatory. That's staff and pupils. You know, we've, yeah. all, we've all been laying in a bit longer, you know, having, we're taking it a bit easier and been rushing around. So getting back into a routine is going to be hard to begin with, you know, and, and, and children yeah. will be tired. Um, and then we've got to get everyone learning. So, you know, in order to learn, as I've said, you know, if you look at Maslow and his hierarchy of needs, you know, we need to help them through uh, processing the anxiety, the fear, the loss, the change. We've had such massive changes to the whole way society works and lots of things that we relied on for our mental health and well-being, going out, swimming, playing sport, watching sport has been taken away from us. So, you know, we, we need to help yeah. them, you know, and behaviour is communication. So if someone's angry or playing up or not wanting to do their work or um, is it, sort of, you know, annoying other children, it's perhaps because they've forgotten their social skills or their unpredictable behaviour is because they're just not coping with those uh, situations, what they've seen and heard, and they, they just can't process it all. So, we have got a situation that is unenviable with pupils across the world going back to school, feeling frightened if they're going to get it and uh, what that means. And, and, and of course, teachers, teachers too. And, and teachers teach. can't be expected to be the most brilliant and outstanding and uh, wonderful day one because 
you know they're frightened too it's it's a it's just a it's just the worst situation possible really and even with my optimism and positivity i am i am very very concerned by the next steps that we have without a cure without a vaccine um how we make this all work Uh, i I don't know i i don't know i've yet to be persuaded that it's safe going back to schools at the moment really yeah i mean i'm more i wouldn't say i'm more positive but i think more skeptical on the date um obviously this this podcast is going to probably is recorded a, a few days before it comes out but obviously we're at the moment where they've said that they may go back on the 1st of June. We will see. <laughs> I am sceptical. I'm sceptical I'm skeptical on that. And yeah, I, I don't know whether that will actually happen. So I think everybody wanted a roadmap. We've been given a roadmap and now everybody's slating the roadmap, <laughs> um, which which is, to be fair, it yes. was always going to be happen, happen, wasn't it? But, um, but I mean, what I like to think about controlling the controllables. <laughs> I think that is uh, yes. that is very important in these in this in these times. Um, how so? What can schools do now? I mean, from from your perspective, uh, PSHE, I think we've we've almost in complete agreement that it needs to be the main focus um, or one of the main focuses when when schools do go back. What do you think are the main things, or the, if you could give maybe three top tips of what you would suggest? Uh, for teachers well, and schools um, to be doing? I suppose as a, a leader of PSHE, I would I would really hope that they could be looking at their curriculum plans for September. Uh, we've got a few months. I know we're going to be going back sooner than that, most likely, but not definitely. But certainly September time, uh, it's a statutory subject. So we need to make sure that as a minimum, the RSHE government statutory status guidance is uh, being going to be delivered uh, and it may be that you've got a plan for that you know you can start um, looking at the the topics and issues you want to start with may I recommend that you start looking at how you welcome the class in that you ground rules and uh, ensuring that you bond everybody together and that everybody is given a voice and enabled to talk and you know all those things that we've talked about will become even more important you know with emotional literacy will should and mental health and well-being should be the the first focus really for schools so so that might be a sort of a guiding light start with that and then build on um, some of the other things but the RSHE guidance is is lacking it doesn't cover citizenship active citizenship volunteering political literacy the law uh, media literacy so we we need to bring that into careers etc these are all the other things that are, are not part of that um, curriculum which is still hugely important uh, if we are going to be doing the best by young people so sorry just to just to interject so so just so I'm clear, so you're saying that the the new standard, yes. the new statutory PSHE, um, is doesn't cover some of no. the other parts. No, it of doesn't. PSHE, so like British values and SMSC, and it, that's okay. part of it, but it's not. It's not. Um, it's, it's still in there statutory. and recommended, but it's just so, not statutory. So uh, the the PSHE program okay. study, if you're covering that, that's much a much larger amount but it still doesn't include your citizenship as well really living in the wider world is you know almost there but a few things that are not covered as well as they perhaps should be careers law etc so um it's a if you like um, a minimum curriculum really uh so i'm hoping that schools will go beyond and will not forget some of those other things that are really important 
you know, political literacy. We've just had Brexit, for goodness sake. We need to make sure we've got political literacy going on and, and a questioning of the media. <laughs> I mean, there's great things that parents can do at the moment with the media and uh, looking at how, how, they're, how people are presenting the whole lockdown scenario in in the media, you know, and, and the death death tolls and figures and all of that side of things. So, um, yeah, there's... there's Making them so basically, yeah, making them making children aware uh, that actually the news is not always one hundred percent. There's bias in there, there's opinion, um, <laughs> yeah. there's uh, emphasis laid. So it's it's ensuring that our our children, young people, are um, media literate, I suppose, in a way, and they don't just rely on sources from social media. So questioning all of that. So. So in a way, you know, firstly, I suppose it's the planned spiral curriculum. So that is a priority if you're a PSHE leader. Uh, and then you want to make sure that you, within that, the lessons that you deliver um, are using active learning. So uh, you've got your, your drama, your role play, your hot seating, you've got your write and draw activities, your, your continuum line activities, things that are going to uh, circle time, you know, things that are going to really... Uh, bring a focus on the skill development so it's not just about the knowledge um, around certain topics and issues uh, it's understanding risk for example which goes throughout all of them um, and it's it's helping young people to clarify their attitudes and values and giving them that opportunity within those active learning um, opportunities so I suppose in order to do the active learning you need your planned spiral curriculum which you can hang your hat your active learning within each of those um, topics and issues. And then mostly you need trained, confident teachers who, you know, through less awkward lesson delivery, um, use wonderful, established, agreed ground rules to deliver the lesson so that you, know, you use distancing techniques. So uh, the information isn't isn't getting the children to think about them and ask them maybe distance through talking about a scenario or, uh, literacy using um, a book or something um, characters in a book to talk about and less focus on you know what I'd call death by dull worksheets or poster creation <laughs> uh, and much more about the active learning and, and trained confident teachers uh, feel empowered to do that if they've got um, ideas and activities so so I suppose those three things is making sure that the the way in which you structure the lessons is is fantastically active and and engaging and relevant to the lives of the pupils that is delivered by trained confident teachers who are abundantly creative and wonderful to bring it all to life um, but it's within a planned spiral curriculum uh, and some schools will feel that you know they they haven't got the time to do the planned uh, curriculum and may look for um, schemes of work that are out there uh, now or will be out there in, in September as well to help them with that planning. I mean, if if you're a teacher now and, the, the, you know, you may, they may have listened to this as a, they've just got into it and they, you know, they're, they've been given the role of PSHE, the school currently hasn't had a very good focus on it and you've been sort of dumped a load of <laughs> paperwork on your desk um, and you're probably mm -hmm. feeling a bit overwhelmed what what resources are are there? I mean, and can people get in of contact course, with you? Yes. I mean, what's, so, I mean what that's my steps? job. <laughs> uh, my job is helping and supporting your <laughs> PSHE leaders. It's providing training for 
for the staff who may be feeling underconfident or just lacking a, a little bit of experience in making the learning active and bringing it to life. So, yeah, they'd be very welcome to to contact me. And um, you never know, by September, there may be some resources out there that I can provide to. Who knows? But um, we're, we're hoping to, to up the ante on what we're offering. because I, I'm hearing more from schools that they are wanting resources. Um, previously i suppose i've always favored that schools create their own curriculum and their own lessons um and that i train teachers to help them to do that to use the topics and issues so you know for example you couldn't just go back into a, a pshe scheme that hasn't covered covid19 for instance you know because you've got to talk about what's happened in the last few months so uh, of course, any any scheme of work any that you plan as a school um, or you use needs to be uh, able to be adapted to be current and uh, to be relevant to the lives of pupils. So, um, you know, it's about training teachers to to feel more confident in in stepping outside of very rigid schemes of work and, and making sure they feel confident to deliver really, really good curriculum provision. Okay, I mean that that's great. Um, all of this, as I said, will be on our website. Um, that we've got an article and there'll be a video, uh, but there'll be all the tips that Jane has mentioned. There'll also be contact details for her. Yes, uh, info if you did at want to get in touch. Um, Love to hear from you. <laughs> Brilliant, Jane. Uh, have you got anything else a, to add? A really interesting discussion. I I really hope it's been a benefit for teachers. Um, hang in there folks if you're a teacher listening to this hang in there uh, there's so much going on at the moment look after your own emotional health and well-being you know notice your thinking your thoughts that you know make sure you've got uh, mindfulness built into your lives at the moment you will need it more than ever you know take that time what a skill to know. This is the thing. If you know mindfulness and you have it as a it skill, really, really, this really is the time is. to be using it. It really so, yeah, is I, positive I self-talk. You know, it, it's, I am a very positive, optimistic person. I, I have concerns. Uh, you know, I think who wouldn't at the moment? But, it, you know, I think this is also a really good opportunity um, to make schools about well-being, to make schools about what is really, really important. I think we've all begun to realise what those things are in the last few weeks um and as that cause has helped. yeah yeah and uh, yeah i completely agree yeah well yeah well well-being i think uh we've we've discussed and i think we've come up with our own conclusion haven't we that it is the most important thing well i've especially always felt it, right at this moment i think now it, it is and i think yeah. people who've had you know a pause and time to stop and think will will realize it, it's all about children young people coming through this positively and learning perhaps to be more resilient um, and more, you know, more able to embrace life when we do, or if, if we are able to open back up again and, and get some level of normality back. Um, I think we'll all appreciate hugging our, our friends and family uh, yes. a lot more than perhaps we did before definitely, and, definitely. and not taking advantage, uh, taking for granted trips to the cinema or the swimming pool or whatever. So, you know, I think it's a great opportunity, and I think um, I think it will it it will just make schools pause and reflect, and and what good timing that RSHE will be Saturday in September. Um, you know, go on, teachers, you've got this, you can do it. For more help and advice from Life on Time, 
please visit our website www.lifeontime.co.uk. There's lots of helpful hints and tips on how to nurture your students' well-being. So please take a look. Thank you.